Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillah kefa ve salatu ve selamu ala Resulillah. Allahumma salli ve sellim ala Seyyidina Muhammed ve ala Ali Seyyidina Muhammed ve barik ve sellim. Rabbi şahli sadri ve sirli emri ve ahlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Subhanak la ilmanana illa ma'allamtana. Subhanak la ilmanana illa ma'allamtana. Subhanak la ilmanana illa ma'allamtana. Amma ba'd. Qala Allahu subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ba'da'un a'udhu billahi minash shaytani r-rajim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. وَلُوطًا إِذْ قَالَ لِقَوْمِهِ أَتَأْتُونَ الْفَاحِشَةَ وَأَنْتُمْ تُبْصِرُونَ أَإِنَّكُمْ لَتَأْتُونَ الرِّجَالَ شَهْوَةً مِنْ دُونِ النِّسَاءِ بَلْ أَنْتُمْ قَوْمٌ تَجْهَلُونَ فَمَا كَانَ جَوَابَ قَوْمِهِ إِلَّا أَنْ قَالُوا أَخْرِجُوا آلَ لُوطٍ مِنْ قَرْيَتِكُمْ إِنَّهُمْ أُنَاسٌ يَتَطَهَّرُونَ فأنجيناه وأهله إلا امرأته قدرناها من الغابرين وأمطرنا عليهم مطرا فساء مطر المنذرين قل الحمد لله وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى الله خير أما يشركون صدق الله العظيم Respected elders and brothers, dear listeners, dear brothers and sisters, students of knowledge, assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. We are now beginning the last uh, story of Surah An-Naml, from amongst the five stories that were covered in this surah, and this is the story of Lut alayhi salatu salam. Last week we completed the final portion of Sulaiman alayhi salatu salam story, which took the bulk of the surah, and then a very short. Uh, uh, section was dedicated to Salih alayhi salam's uh, story and eventually the destruction of Qom Thamud. Now Allah Azza wa Jal takes us to the next um, prophet and the last one that's mentioned in the surah and that is the uh, story of Lut alayhi salatu salam. What I just recited now uh, were ayats 54 to 59 of Surah An-Naml and this is where the 19th Jews ends. So inshallah we can begin the 20th juz The little portion of Surah An-Naml that's there uh, Next week inshallah So in, in terms of This uh, specific prophet And what is to be mentioned uh, Here Lut alayhi salatu salam As we know was the nephew of Ibrahim alayhi salatu salam He believed in him He believed in his message And he was uh, from Babel The, the, uh, the oldest city of the world and he had migrated with Ibrahim alayhi salatu salam to Sham with, um, with, with his family and he was from amongst his believers. After accepting the message of Ibrahim alayhi salam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose him to be a prophet. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent him to the city of Sadum, and which is in the uh, modern day near the Pal- uh, uh, Israel area, Palace, the occupied lands of, of the, uh, of the pa- Palestinian lands. So in that area, this is where the Sadum is till today, or known as the, as the historical city. And Lut Salam came to this nation, and what every prophet did, he invited these people to uh, obey Allah, to leave shirk, to leave their sins, and to stop uh, highway robbery to stop all these other various things that they were involved in and unfortunately like many other nations few of them took heed from uh, took heed to the advice of Nut and continued on their uh, path of, dis- of destructive path of sins and disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the, the, some of the things that they were involved in as mentioned in uh, in, in the Quran in various places As well as in, in, the, in the books of Tafsir There was of course, number one shirk So they were used to commit shirk Like the other, pro- other nations They would um, They would uh, Do for example, They would incite They would create, have the dog fights This was been written They would um, train dogs to fight with one another And They would also do that with um, uh, Roosters and have them have them fight. They would drink. 
they were involved in um, you know, making a mockery of, of things in the gathering. It's mentioned in books as well, openly breaking a passing wind and making you know, a joke of that, mockery of that. Really you, you know, uh, uh, lowly things. And then of course what they are, uh, uh, highway robbery, mentioned in the Quran. And what we know, uh, what we know about the biggest fahsh that they committed was obviously liwat and homosexuality that was present in that community. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about these sins in the Quran. But with regards to lewdness, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala really highlights that a lot. And you don't find that with the other prophets and the other nations. Not that lewdness was not found in them, but the emphasis that this prophet's nation gets, we realize that this is something that really angered Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even the shirk part is not spoken about so much when describing Lut alayhi nation. As we'll go over some of these ayats. But the, uh, the fuhsh and the aspect of lewdness is something which is really highlighted. So pretty much like this became the means of their, you know, destruction. This became the means of their destruction. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was upset about. One of the main reasons why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was ups upset about and destroyed this nation. So these are the various sins that were committed by Lut alayhi nation. And so we'll, we'll go over some of the places where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this in the Quran and list them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala obviously mentions this section, this uh, uh, Nabi's story in uh, Surah Namal, what we are reading right now. But along with that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned this surah in many, uh, this uh, description in many other surahs. The last one to be mentioned, yani the last place that this is mentioned in the Quran is Surah Al-Naml. So right now what with the discussion happening is the, is the last one. Um, I will get to the, those name of the surahs a little bit later. <coughs> Actually here, I have it here. Okay, so the first surah Allah mentions in Surah Al-A'raf. Then Allah mentions Surah Hud. A'raf is in the 8th Jews. Hud in the um, 12th Jews. Surah Hijr in the 14th Jews, Anbiya in the 17th Jews, Shu'ara in the 19th Jews, Naml also in the 19th and 20th, Ankabuth in the 20th, Safat in the 23rd, Surah Qamar in the 27th. So this is the correct one, not that the Naml is the last one, that was my mistake here. All, the, all of these surahs, how many you have here? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Approximately 10 surahs, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the story of Lut and the main focus what does Lut come and tell them he says obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fear Allah and obey me as was the prophets all of them would say the same thing and they would say I do not ask you for anything in return I'm not asking you for anything uh, any, anything in, you know as a reward in lieu of my um, services to you. Instead, in Ajira illa alameen, my reward is going to be with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Today, in, in Mishkat Sharif class, in our hadith class, we came across a hadith that Nabi alayhi salatu salam, when he passed, uh, he put his shield as a collateral with a Yahudi, a Jewish person, in order to gain some, to get some, uh, uh, some grains. Right, this is under the chapter of the simplicity and the asceticism of Rasulullah That he, this is how it was. I, I told you last week how this hadith where it's being quoted today. Remember? Right. So this is being quoted by the Imam of the Haram in front of the Kaaba to explain how that it is, yani, paved the path towards musalaha and some sort of pact with um, the Zionist governments. Uh, between Saudi and the Zionists. So to say, well, here you go. Nabi alayhi salatu salam, he, he did, you know, he, he, took, he left his um, um, uh, armor as a collateral for some uh, food. Kidar kibad kidar, you know, like where did you, you connect this into that? SubhanAllah. What was the purpose of this hadith and what, what is timbata? What, what are you deriving from this? And uh, that's the key thing is when. 
when the when the mind is crooked and the heart is crooked, then something so obvious also a person will miss it and will a complete will will take a completely wrong point. You know, like literally, the Quran is hidayah for the one who wants to look for hidayah. But the Quran itself says, "Yudillu bi kathira, kathira." There are many who are misled through this Quran, and many who get guidance. Those powerful verses that you and I say, oh, it's obvious. This is so clear cut. Why would anyone not be a Muslim? Why would anyone not follow the deen? It's so clear. But that same Quran, if it's a blessing, if it's clear for you, but for some people who have crookedness in them, they actually get misled when they read the Quran. So we were studying this in class today that why did the Prophet ﷺ put his shield as a collateral by a Jewish person and take food? Why, why, why did you even... And I reach out to them. Why didn't you just do that from a Sahabi? Ask one of the Muslims. Muslim like there's few Muslims in Medina. Why do you do that? So there's many answers given. And one of the answers that the scholars, that the commentators of the hadith say is the most uh, more, more reliable answer. Amazing. And that is that Nabi Wasallam wanted to not even make it, make it seem as though he is benefiting from the ummah. Make it seem that he's taking anything in, in lieu for his da'wat. Make it seem that, make, I'm sorry, he didn't want it to make it appear, he didn't want to make it to appear that he's seemingly taking. Of course he wasn't. He, this was a loan. But why even give an opportunity for the, some ummati to think that, oh, we helped the Prophet. Right? We've given him some food for his house. SubhanAllah. La asalakum ali ajra. I will never ask you anything in return. He lived it to that level that he said, I don't want to even... Uh, you know, allow anyone to think that I have taken something from the ummah for myself. Or as the ulama have said that Nabi Allah did not want to ask any of the Sahaba because the Sahabi, if they were to learn what's happening in Rasulullah's house, that there's no food. Right? Aisha Anasrullah says, Aisha Allah says, they talk about what's happening in the house. They say one, one of the Sahaba, he was invited to eat a barbecue. He said, oh, sorry, I'll take a pass. He said, why? He said, the Prophet ﷺ, he did not have two days in a row. He did not. He was not able to eat to his fill, uh, uh, you know, barley bread, just bread. He did not have enough bread to eat to his fill. And fill is not like fill you and I fill. Now, what did Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam say? Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam say, the worst uh, container to fill is the stomach. Then he said that it is sufficient to have a few morsels of food to keep your back straight. That's all you need. You know, he said, just just live and eat enough to just live. Uh, you know, and guzara hojai that you can move through life and get through, get your work done. So he said, a few morsels of food to keep your back straight is sufficient. But if you really, 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 really insist and you really want to eat, then he said, one third for food, one third for water, and one third you leave for air. So that is the ultimate maximum you're allowed to push yourself to. Otherwise, what is he, what is he says that you keep a few morsels of food to keep your back straight. So when he says that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam cannot eat uh, uh, barley bread two days in a row, what does that mean? Not that he's burping. It is not enough to even take care of his hunger. Two days in a row, never. If he had it one day, he didn't have it the next. He said, how can I sit and eat barbecue here when my prophet passed away like that? And so that was the love that Rasulullah Sahaba had for Rasulullah And at times they would become, um, you know, so, obvious, so they would be reminded of that, that they wouldn't have the ability to uh, eat. Uh, I was reminded of one of the some of the Musallis, mashallah, of this of our community and some of the Ansar. They went uh, a couple of years ago to the uh, uh, you know refugee camps in Bangladesh, the Burmese refugee camps. And when they came and shared their stories here, um, some of them you know they mentioned that we don't we are not able to turn on the the, the hot tap in, in the shower. We just we feel guilty using hot water. He said it took me a week to be able to even just be able to enjoy the very basic things at my home. Because every time I would do it, immediately my mind would go back to what I had just witnessed. And the sacrifices and the struggles and the difficulty the people in the refugee camps were going through. And I felt it was just so wrong for me to be using it. And so this is some uh, advice also for fathers who may be or fathers and mothers who are struggling with children. Who've tried madrasa, who've tried jamaat, who've tried khanqa, who've tried all sorts of things, boy scouts, this, that. They said, man, ye sudarrani. You know, he doesn't take effect from anything. Any talk, any lecture, one ear out the other ear. He doesn't take anything you tell him, oh yeah, so what? You know, unfortunately, we see sometimes like that situation. It's pretty scary. So one suggestion is plan a trip. Hopefully things will open up you know, soon. But plan a trip to a refugee camp with one of these missions. And go spend a week there serving and 
with these doctors and health uh, and others, seeing with your own eyes what people are going through. And I have hope, inshallah, that that will soften a person. Because Nabi Salam, he said, if, you're, if, you're, if, you are complete, if you are suffering a, a hard heart, then simply put your hand on the heads of the orphans. Visit the orphans. Right? Put your hand on the heads of the orphans and it will soften you. So imagine you look, you see it, or not just orphans, orphans who are being punished and tortured and who have got everything taken away from them, who are dying out of hunger, who are dying out of all sorts of diseases that are treatable, curable. But they have been piled up into small little places like sardines. And when we go see, and their name is what? Muhammad and Aisha and so forth, how it, how it, how it affects a person. Our brother who went, went there, he was telling me, and he told me so many stories, subhanAllah. But he said one thing that really what was very personally moving for him in this uh, refugee camp is that they were full in the middle midst of this refugee camp just in case you forgot because you haven't heard it in the news just go search it again and you know and all the images and all the articles will come out on it to refresh our memory uh, so he said in that environment still his class was running subhanallah he said I went and I entered I saw his class Ustad is teaching and the kids are memorizing he said, Alim course was being taught. Sarf and Nahu, all the way up to Bukhari Sharif, if I remember properly. He said, the entire Alim course was being taught inside the refugee camp. He said, these people, he said, that would just flow to me. That they have, they don't literally know where they're going to eat today from. But the Alim is still being taught, and the kids and men and women are still studying. And then you ask ourselves, what, what excuse do we have to not study the deen? What excuse do we have to not take out 20 minutes, 30 minutes a week to learn Islam, to join a class here and there? SubhanAllah. What, what, what excuse do we have? What excuse are we going to give in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when people like this will come and say, Allah, we had nothing, but we never neglected our Qur'an. We never neglected our hadith. We never neglected our ilm. So when, uh, the reason I mention that is when you have all of that in mind, it, not only, it softens your heart to a degree that you're not able to enjoy the blessings that you have. And that's exactly what happened to that Sahabi. He's thinking about the Prophet. And he saw how much sacrifice he went through. And he said, how can I sit there and enjoy food when I saw my Prophet wasallam, did not have two days in a row enough to eat. Where did this start off from? This, this is speaking about not taking anything in return for their efforts. And that was the, the hallmark of all the prophets. That I don't want to give any notion that I'm here for any other motive besides trying to save your skin from the fire of hell. That's all I want. That's all I care. So Lut also you know, did the same thing. He said, I'm not asking, I'm not asking for any reward. My reward is with the, with the Lord of the worlds. That's the first thing Lut did. Number two, Lut prohibited them from the lewdness that they were involved in. So, let's see some of the ayat. Surah Al-A'raf, he says, Are you going to commit that evil, lewd act, which none prior to you from amongst the entire world ever did so? So it's very clear that this was something that they had started. That they, this was something unique to them. This sin they started. It wasn't there before. So where did you get You can't even say, Shirk, you say you found your forefathers doing it. Where did you get this from? And where did you come up with this thing? Who, did, who are you following? No one. You just, your own nafs and shaitan came up with this. Okay, number two. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّكُمْ لَتَأْتُونَ الرِّجَالِ Indeed, you come to men to fulfill your desires. Number one, sabil, you uh, uh, commit highway robbery. Number three, munkar, and you openly in nadi means your majlis, your open gatherings. You openly commit sin, munkar. Whether it's that act of lewdness, or I told you about passing wind, or making fun of other type of things like that, evil things you do it publicly, and you don't care about it. We see that sometimes. We have certain sectors of, our, of the community, yani Muslim and non-Muslim, in which trashy jokes, lewd jokes, is just part of the system. And it's not just the, um, uh, you think, you know, a low, lower, lower working class, blue-collar group of, you know, you know what I'm trying to say, that's, that's, that, uh, that, uh, that uh, mindset that we have, or people have, that by uh, the, um, you know, the stereotype, that these, these group of people, they, they say these type of lewd jokes. It's true, that maybe do there, but we see in the highest echelons of, of our, our society, the highest levels of politicians and Wall Street people and wealthiest people, same level, same things. That ev evil jokes and evil statements are complete common in a workplace, 
I was reading about how many of the people who have some sense of modesty and honesty, but in order to simply get their promotions, they have to laugh along with their bosses, and we actually have to also be the first ones to crack an evil, yani, disparaging remark about a fellow female coworker, for example, behind their back. Right? Why? Simply because they know the, the taste of the boss and to show that I'm with you, I'm like you, even though they're not. But the goal is to get that promotion. So at all cost. So we, this is the reality that all of you who work in corporate, you know this is what it is. What's, what's the environment out there? So this is how they were. Lut nation, that they do the evil openly. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah An-Naml, which today we just recited, that Allah says, أَتَأْتُونَ الْفَاحِشَةَ وَأَنْتُمْ تُبْصِرُونَ Do you commit these acts of lewdness, وَأَنْتُمْ تُبْصِرُونَ while you are able to see? What does this mean, while you're able to see? It means that while you are, you're not doing this in the darkness of the night behind closed doors. You're doing this in the open. While you're able to see each other, you're doing this act. That's one meaning. Number two meaning, وَأَنْتُمْ تُبْصِرُونَ is that you see how Allah will punish and has punished all the previous prophets, nations who disobeyed them. How dare you end up doing something like this, which you know you will have to suffer the punishment for if you continue this path of lewdness. While you're aware, you see what happened in the past nations, the same thing is going to happen to you. So what's the first one? You're doing it openly amongst each other while you see one another. What's, where's, where's your sense of shame and modesty? Number two, you are well aware of how previous nations were destroyed. Number three, means that while you are well aware that this act is actually khilaf al-fitra, it's against the innate nature of a human being. It's not only khilaf al-shara, it's khilaf al-fitra. It's against sharia and it's against a pure clean nature that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created a person. Because if, na if nature was like that, there would be no way to procreate. The fact that procreation takes place and we're meant to procreate and the fact that we are a, a, a species that continues to re reproduce and expand, if that was a natural way, then that would have not have happened. No one, no one will come and say that no, actually uh, you know, this type of uh, act is uh, according to me, it needs to be found in 10% of the community, then it's fine. You know, as long as 10% are involved in it, then um, it's legit. We have no problem. They don't say that. This is a lifestyle. If they had it, if they had their way, what would they say? 100%. This is the way to do it. No one is saying that only 1%. Please let me do it, but we're going to be part of that small minority and we want to ensure that we remain a minority. Is that what they want? To remain a minority? Of course not. Now, if they were to, according to their wishes and desires, would have become a majority from, let's say, 1,000, 2,000 years ago, where would we be sitting today? We wouldn't be, even be here. There would be no way of tanasul. There would be no way to continue uh, the, the, the you know, reproduction. Because that is a completely unnatural way. That doesn't happen. There are uh, some uh, exemptions or some shuduth and some, in actually in Arabic, that's what it's called, shuduth jinsiyah. Right? This whole thing is called shuduth jinsi. Where a shad is something which is not the norm. It's not the norm. You have these outliers. So that's what shuduth jinsi is. That there's an outlier there. That this happens, it happens, it can happen. But to say that that's the norm and that is the asal, and that's what we're living in an era. We're living in an era where that literally is switched. So a person who's heterosexual, he has to slowly he's gonna start feeling awkward. Okay? Like, like zina has become so common that you find a, 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 a married couple, a nuclear family, as they say, is weird. I don't know about you, I actually say, oh wow, mashallah, husband, wife, and two kids, like that looks really great. It really, it really, yeah. I, I look at it second time. Like, is that is that like a real family going down there, or what's gonna happening? Then maybe if you ask, you find out that no, all four come from four different families. They happen to be together, right? But because that that is just becoming uh, not normal. The norm is to have complete mixed, you know, without any sort of nikah, hundred percent left and right, all sorts of fornication, adultery taking place, and how families are come about. People getting married after their kids are in their thirties. You know, like this is the type of stuff we're living, seeing right now. So right becomes wrong, wrong becomes right. So now to lead a normal heterosexual life, and uh, what we, we do term as that, is something that is looked, that is, you have to be on the defensive. You have to be on the defensive, right? We know, we're not, we're not uh, uh, 20 years ago, no imam in the masjid would be speaking like this. Would not even be speaking about it. He'd just say, oh, chalo, let's translate and move on. <laughs> right? 
But now, if, you don't, if I just translate and move on, the nine-year-olds will come and ask questions. That's what has happened. Nine-year-olds, eight-year-olds have come and asked me so many times questions after I've given a talk in a, in a, in a youth night. We'll say, okay, what's wrong with that? You know, my, Fulan in my class is like this, Fulan in my class is like that. I want to be friends with him. Is there anything wrong with that? You know, these type of things. So from the youngest of children now, you know, you probably heard of Disney also, has brought in all these characters uh, in their, uh, you know, movies. Now, recently we went to go book a ticket, airline ticket. If any of you booked a recently an airline ticket, it's not asking you ma gender, ma it says male, female, uh, uh, you know, uh, unspec unspecified, or what's the fourth one? Uh, undisclosed. You know, after that, they're gonna, they're gonna hopefully, as long as they give me an option soon to be able to say, are you young or are you old or you're senior citizen? I can press senior citizen, get a senior citizen discount. I don't mind, you know, because I feel like I'm a senior citizen, so I can press that and get a discount for that. So this is the nidam that was happening. Every this this is an actual way of slowly two airlines in this past few weeks I've seen they've put this part of their thing. When one starts, the other will 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 go there. So now you see that this is something that was taking place in this nation and uh, he says وَأَنْتُمْ تُبْصِرُونَ you are well aware that this is wrong so what did he say? three meanings أَنْتُمْ تُبْصِرُونَ you're doing it openly you're aware of what the previous nation suffered number three you, deep down you know this is against fitrah against nature but you still want to do it you know fitrah to, you'll see the fitrah even in a cat cat if you're feeding the cat uh, uh, what you call uh, it's food it'll enjoy it'll sit by your feet and eat its food but if you are doing a barbecue or something like that, and if, and if some a piece of meat fell, some fat, whatnot, what will happen? We'll sit there and eat it. I'll grab it and run. I'll go in a corner and eat it. Because it knows it wasn't supposed to do that. Right? It, it grabbed, you know, and it, it grabbed it and takes it in a corner and eat it. Because you know what it's doing is not something you're going to really like. Fitrat. Ajib. I had a you know, cat when, when I was a child. And I, I can't forget the fact, some of the sifat of the cats. And I know some of you cat lovers are here, so you'll appreciate this. But one from the many sifat of the cat that, that was really marvelous. Can anyone think? Cleanliness. Okay, what else? It's true, cleanliness. Anything else? SubhanAllah. Huh? He comes to you if you need something. Yeah, otherwise it won't come to you, true. <laughs> Which I saw, and I'm sure it's not only in my cat, was Haya. Haya. Seriously. I remember this as a seven-year-old witnessing this. That I would be changing the litter box. But literally, if I, if I forgot to put the cover on, or if I uh, was around there, it would not relieve itself. Subhanallah. It would not relieve itself until I leave. And, until the cover is there. And if I were to walk onto it, I could literally see it uncomfortable. I could sense it that it's like, okay, it doesn't want me to be there. None of you notice this in your cats? This is my cat was special? I don't think so. Right? So this is natural haya, yes. That, you, that they do not feel comfortable relieving themselves, man. This is a cat. Allahu Akbar. What's happening today? Right? It's got this concept of, of, of that it wants to you know, cover itself and not do things openly. Ajeeb. And then as soon as it relieves itself, does it leave the, does it leave the filth on top? Who taught that? Who they went to, to cat to cat training madrasa here after four o'clock? You brought line up all the cats to show by istinja This is how you do istinja. No one taught us that. No one taught the cats that. But every single cat, you have the cat litter, it will never leave its uh, excreta there. It will cover it up. Achieve nizam. It will always cover it up and then leave. And you hear it making the sound as it's covering it up. So even animals have a fitra. That's what I'm speaking about. Animals have. Good or bad, whatever, they have certain fitras. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created these fitra within a human being. The natural attraction to the opposite gender is there. And sometimes, like we have naturally, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us with two hands and two feet and two eyes. But we know there's thousands of things that can go wrong. And there are thousands of mutations that can take place. And all sorts of things can happen. During childbirth, I mean, during the baby while being is being formed. And you see chi children with various uh, things that are not like normal and you're not going to say they're subhuman subpar they're as human as everyone else but that is their test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that's it so similarly if a person says he's born with 
let's just say he's born with this gene, which we don't accept. But let's just say someone says that. Okay, fine. If it is, then we're going to still call it as a test from Allah. Like all those people who are born deaf, dumb, blind, or crippled, or you know, mentally ill, mentally retarded, mentally slow. All of those, what are we going to say to them? We're going to say that these are various imtihans from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, tests from Allah azza wa jal. That's what it is. So hence, if a person were to be born with this type of inclination, we're going to also explain to that that this is a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is not something that we proudly go and represent and say that. And if a person also were to somehow fall into sin, like, like as has happened in thousands of years, not to say that the sin would never happen. But what's similar between now and the time of Lut is that this was made a uh, shi'ar, a symbol. This was made something like a, 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 a very uh, a visible flag around which we uh, you know, uh, move around and say, this is who we stand for. This is what we're logo. This is what we stand for. This is what we do. So that was found during the time of Lut and that's what we found, find today. As for the sin itself, like I said, first of all, a person needs a test from Allah, but let's say he fell for it and he committed that sin. As long as he realizes it's a sin, alhamdulillah, the doors of tawbah are open all the time. But not to go announce it and say, this is something that I'm completely proud of and I want to do it. Like for salah, a person, he's, ha he's lazy, he doesn't get up for salah. That's bad, okay. But imagine he says, I'm going to start up a new jama'ah. It's going to be called jama'atul tarikin al-salah. The jama'ah of the people who leave salah. And we're going to have t-shirts. And we're going to, uh, you know, party. Fajr time, we're going to sit at home. We have a big, huge breakfast, but not going to pray. Isha time, we're going to have huge parties. We're not going to pray. But we're going to have We're going to say, we're the jama'ah of the people who don't We're going to say, imagine how much more worse the sin is. A person fell asleep, didn't wake up for Fajr. He made it up. He slept through Isha. He made it up. Alhamdulillah, these doors of forgiveness are open. But when a person is adamant to do something openly in front of Allah, like we say to each other, in your face. So that, that is a much, much bigger crime. Because you're not feeling guilty about it. You're not, there's no remorse. Instead, you are uh, trying to legitimize it. Right? So this is where, what, what Ulut uh, was doing. His nation was doing. Third thing that uh, Lut had to deal with was that they would uh, make a lot of mockery of him and, and, and the people who believed in him. For example, they said, Take them out of your village. The Tarjuma would say, They act real clean and pure. They're all, look at them. They're, they're, they're acting like they're also so pure and clean and with dirty, right? That type of thing. So take them out. So some ulama say this is istihza and sarcasm and making fun of Lut salam and the people who believed in him by saying, oh, you, you're, you're, all, you're acting like you're all clean and we're dirty. And others have said that this was again a realization deep down that, you know what? You know, but this is what we're going to do. That we are the dirty, filthy people. We're proud of it. But at the same time, I recognize that this person is pure and clean. And that happens at times. That happens at times that people do recognize that. Um, they told Lut They said, Oh Lut if you don't stop, we're going to make sure you get exiled out of our town. Then when that didn't happen, they said, Bring on the punishment of Allah if you are truthful. Instead of saying, If you are truthful, please, Bring a nice dinner. If you're, no, bring the adab of Allah. We're going to see Allah's punishment if you're truthful. That's, why, why did they say stuff like that? Because they had utter disbelief. They never believed in Him. Okay, so what, what do you see there? That the ones who are on the right path and on the pure and clean, they've become ostracized from the society. They're being pushed to the side. And the ones who are committing these type of things, they're ruling, they become the ruling class. They're the ones who set the trends. So the guy who's trying to follow the deen or trying to follow a normal, natural, fitra way of living, he feels awkward amongst them. Because everyone is treating him as though there's something wrong with him instead of the other way around. And Nabi mentioned from the signs of the hour, he said that this is going to happen. What did he say? He said, uh, Evil will be regarded as, as righteousness and righteousness will be regarded as evil. The, the poles will switch North will become south South will become north And that's what exactly We are seeing right now Lut alayhi salam Tried to divert their attention 
uh, from each other towards he said okay you have this desire fulfill it in a proper manner and he said in the Quran he says here here are my daughters they are more pure for you now some people have misunderstood this verse and they think that Lut was inviting the people of his nation to yani, just take, all his, take away his nasabi, his blood daughters. That's not what he was trying to say. He is a spiritual father, like all prophets, to the ummah. So the men and the women of the ummah are like his spiritual sons and daughters. So when he says, How would I banati? These are my daughters. He meant to say, The women of my nation. They are uh, more suitable as a spouse and a place for fulfillment of your desires than your, each other. They're more pure for you. Fattakullah, fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What did they say? They said, Ajeeb. Look at what the Quran goes in the details of the story. They told Lut We have, you know already. You already know. We have no right with regards to your uh, daughters, yani the women. Yani we, have, we are completely different paths. Some scholars say this ayah means that the women also were indulged in this. So they say, why would the women want us? They have their, their own selves. Why would they want us? So we have no right to go there because they, will not, they, will be, they are self-sufficient, we are self-sufficient. We have no rights over your daughters. And you already, you definitely know what we want. Imagine this, speaking this to the Prophet. And when did they say this? They said this when, just to give you a little... Um, Background of this, these ayat, this is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the angels. Much, much later, Allah sent the angels to Nabi Ibrahim. And they went there and they gave him the glad tidings that inshallah soon you'll, have, you'll be a father of Ishaq and Yaqub and you know, your children will be born to you at this old age and your wife is barren and old age and Allah is going to give you all of this. Then they said, okay, you know, post, you know, the uh, messenger, he came, gave the message of that you're going to have children. They said, by the way, we're next we're going to your nephew. But what are you going there for? Oh, we're going to go destroy everyone there. We're going to kill them all. We, we've been ordered from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, to wipe them out. So he said, but, but my nephew is there. He's amongst them. He said, don't worry. He will be given orders to leave before we, you know, wipe them out. And so from there, they went towards Lut salam's nation. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have sent them like huge, massive, bigfoot monsters. He, why not? Right? Because they're huge anyway. But Allah didn't. They came in the form of the most beautiful young men. Okay? This is like the final nail in the coffin. They came there. As soon as they came there, the nation, they were, as Allah says, إِنَّهُمْ لَفِي سَكْرَتِهِمْ يَعْمَهُونَ وَتُوْ أَبْنِ نَشَمِ أَنْدِهِ They were what? They were intoxicated. They were blind in their intoxication of their lustful desires. Such a powerful ayah. إِنَّهُمْ لَفِي سَكْرَتِهِمْ يَعْمَهُونَ You see this today. People are blind. Blind here and blind here. Blind in the heart, blind in the eyes. They, ca they cannot differentiate between anything. What happened? They've become drunk with shahwa, with lust. So that is a stage a person reaches. There is, yani, this, is this is something, yani, a whole science here. That of, of, of shahwat. That there is no limit. When a person lets his nafs go loose, there is no stopping, my friends. There's no stopping. There's nothing that is off the table. The Prophet ﷺ said in hadith, from the signs of the hour, yeah, as I tell you all the time, read the signs of the hour. It'll keep you, it will keep you on your feet and it will, keep you, it will make you realize, everyone's like November 4th, November 4th, November 4th, choro. You know, whatever's gonna happen is happen, set by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let's look at something bigger than that. That's the day of judgment, that's my death, your death, and, and the zamana we're living in. Right? What's gonna have to save our imam? To save our iman. Uh, in November 4th, whoever wins, Allah is still Malikul Mulk. Remember that. Whoever wins that election, it's not because someone rigged it or someone did this. It's all because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed it to happen. The means of this world are there in its place. We have to make effort, but don't ever remember, don't ever forget that this cannot happen without Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's will and permission. And who is going to win has already been written and decreed thousands and millions of years before you and I got created. So Nabi said one of the signs of the hour is um, and he was telling the Sahaba he said you will follow the footsteps of the people prior to you footstep by footstep like in the, in the snow we'll see soon right? you have the footsteps and you're following someone's footsteps how you go there 
Similarly, he said, you will follow the nations prior to you, step by step. And then he gave examples. He said, if, if they were to go into a lizard hole, you'd do something like that. A lizard hole, a lizard hole, why would you go inside there? But he said, you'll go into a lizard hole, if, if you could, if they did that. Second, is, subhanallah, if any of them were to fulfill his lust with his mother openly, you would do the same. Look at Nabi Alaihi what he mentioned. He, you think, look at, I feel, I feel Haya saying that, the translation of it. I imagine Nabi Sallallahu is known to have Haya, as mentioned in hadith, more Haya than an unmarried girl in her, Hawdaj, in her carriage. You heard this hadith before? Nabi Sallallahu had more Haya than an unmarried girl in her carriage. That's being carried, you know, from one place to the other, in the buggies, in the carriages. They're, they used to have, they were known to have a lot of Haya at that time, right? So that's why I have to explain. People don't even understand what this means today. Guys and girls don't understand. I said, there was once upon a time, there was something called haya that existed between young people, especially amongst girls. And that was a very sought out trait, right? Uh, so Nabi Salam, not to say haya was not found in men. Of course, it was found in men too. But women like naturally had a little more inqibad. Inqibad means where you kind of, you know, uh, wrap in yourself and cringe to yourself and stay away from things that are not munasib, that are not right. Which is a good sifat, which is great. Right? So Nabi salam, if someone said something which is like an inappropriate thing, his face would turn red. He would blush. Imagine he's saying this. You think he just said it for the sake of saying it? All the sahaba sitting there, guess what? I just want to say this example. Of course not. Why did he say that? Because it's going to happen. And that is pretty much the other end of the spectrum. The most worst, most despicable thing that you can... I can't even say imagine. You can't even imagine. He mentioned that to say, that's what you, oh Muslims. He's thinking, he didn't speak to Kufar. He said, you, the Muslims are going to follow them. And when they said, who is them? He said, they said, Yahud and Nasara. He said, of course, who else am I speaking about? I mean, Yahud and Nasara. You're going to follow the nations prior to you. So I want you to remember this hadith what I just shared with you. That is where we're headed. That is where we're headed. So everything you're seeing today, social, the social media and the YouTube and uh, you know, all the other apps and all the videos and all that, this is where it's, like gonna, it's headed. Remember that. So if you realize that that's the end goal of this ummah, then imagine how much precautions we should take and how we need to realize that this is the big Dajjal. The big, you know, not the big Dajjal, but I'm talking the big Dajjal of this era is, of course, a cell phone that opens up all of these sins to our young ones and to our elders. And it's not only to our men, but it's also to our women. I want to share this. That, you know, this has come, to, I knew this from before, and it's recently again come to my knowledge of, of people who shared with me their worry about girls involved in this, right? Girls of their family involved in, unfortunately, watching all this stuff and whatnot. So many times, first of all, fathers are unaware. Then if those who are aware think that, oh, this is something that can happen in my home. And if they are, think that can happen in their home, they think it's only for their boys. And I'm telling you that every single person is up for grabs. Shaitan has got his eyes, Iblis got his eyes, and everyone. So it is really important for us, very, very important to realize that this is the, the war you have to fight right now. Not the war outside on the streets, it's the war inside the home. And you need to use everything that you have at your disposal. Unfortunately, technology for technology, you know? That's what you need. Uh, other than just completely cutting yourself off from 100% everything, which is not very easy for most people to do if you're leading a normal life here. So then you have to use the technology for all the filters and for all the uh, you know, ways to block the browsers and the use of the data. And there's you know, apps there, there's programs there, there's, you can, Comcast even offers it. All the internet companies are offering those things. But definitely everyone who has children, you know, eight, nine, to ten and above, needs to be on top of that. This is stupidity, stupidity, stupidity to think, that's all, oh, that doesn't happen in my home. Right? You don't know what you're dealing with. This is part of this, this is the part of this fitna of the zamana, that you don't wait till it happens. And then to come start running and say, oh, what do I do now? No, you take basic, the way you lock your door. Does any of you say, Oh, no one, there's not been really that many thefts and, and, and you know, home invasions in my neighborhood. Alhamdulillah, there hasn't been. And I'm sure in our neighborhoods, there hasn't been. Right? For the most part, there hasn't been home invasions. People coming with armed robbery inside the home. So do you just start leaving your door? You don't want to wait for the day it happens. You take your precautions. But this type of act, I'm telling you, 
is happening most likely in every single home, somewhere or another, to some degree. If not every single home, then maybe 95%. This is how prevalent it is, and it's only going to get worse. With schooling online now, everything, the little kids, all the hips class, all the maktab class, every single thing online, you can imagine, even if someone is not looking for it, it'll come right in their face. What are you going to do about it? It's someone, when I was just, when the brothers was telling me, I wasn't aware of this, he said that on the Dean show, they had some person come up there and was saying that they're, um, that they're watching a YouTube, you know, Nasheed or whatever the case may be. The parents were watching a Nasheed or something on their phone or the computer, and a certain ad came. They're not signed into a different account. Then their daughter came in and sat in front of the computer or the phone and listened to that same thing and a completely different provocative ad came in. So the cameras, according to what was being shared on this show, is looking at who's sitting in front and the ads are being based on uh, who the person is watching. Is that far-fetched? Absolutely not. About four or five years ago, there was an interview with the head of the FBI of this country. Interview. There's a picture of him in an interview. And he's sitting there at his desk with his laptop and he had the camera with a tape on top of the camera. He had covered the camera home of his own laptop. This is the head of the FBI of the country, right? So think about that. This is something that's being used a long time ago. All cameras, the one I have right here in front, all cameras, all mics can, be, can definitely be turned on anytime, anywhere. That is part of the pervasive, all-encompassing fitna of Dajjal. Wherever you go, you can't hide unless Allah wants to save you. That's it. Everywhere, eyes are on you. What do you want? What, what do you wish? When we type in, uh, you know, sometimes you get happy. You type in your name, say, mashallah, look, I, my name's there. Look, it's coming in search, right? And with your full name and maybe something else. That's because you probably searched your name so many times. What, if you, whatever you type, based on what you're, we, I, we should know this, based on who we are and based on, what, based on where we live, our age, our demographics, and how, what our previous Google searches have been, that's exactly what the hints and what are the possible suggestions Google gives you. We should be aware of that. Every single thing is customized. So the same house, father is logging in, he'll be seeing different things. Son will be logging in, will be different things. Daughter will be logging in, different things. That is a sub-specialization of fitna right now. So as parents, we have to be alert and awake. And the youth who are not married and they're old enough, but their dads are of a, of a different generation, they don't understand. Well, you have to be alert for your own self. You have to be awake and say, okay, I, my dad and mom don't know about all these things, but I need to protect myself from this type of fitna. SubhanAllah. So remember that hadith where we're headed. Right? What Nabi Salam said. That, that will happen. A person fulfilling his lust with his own mother openly. Alayhi billah. So, um, full circle. Whatever happened during Lut Salam's time, these things are coming back. So now, the angels came. And Lut Salam's wife said, Oh, are you guys looking for some nice people? Come, come. She told the people, Come, my husband, he, he's got guests over. So she went and invited the people from the town to her house. Lut saw that they're coming, got so scared, he locked the door, put, you know, put planks, put whatever he could to make sure they don't come in. And then he's, his color is changing, he's so scared, and he's like, What's going to happen to these people? I don't know where the people came from Very handsome people But subhanAllah Wrong place, wrong time And he's telling them He said Don't embarrass me These are my mehman Have some shame man They're my guests in my house Eating and they came or whatnot. Please go away Fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And don't do this to me So this is when he said Please there are women Go get married to the women of the community. What are you doing? And they said, no. You know what we want. We don't want that. So Allah says, La'amruk. This is one of the very, maybe only places in the Quran. La'amruk, Allah takes an oath on the Prophet Sallallahu life. Aapke zindagi or jaan ki qasam. Allah is saying this. Imagine the status of Rasulullah where Allah is taking an oath on the life and the, of Rasulullah La'amruk. Listen. La'amruk, only place. To my knowledge, this is there. Indeed, they are completely blind in their intoxication of desires. So then the, they, they turn to Lut to say, okay, let, me introduce, let, let us introduce ourselves. We are not just random travelers. We are actually angels of Allah. 
and we have come here uh, to destroy these people. But this was the last final test for them, which they failed miserably. Now you need to pack up and leave tonight. And make sure when you're leaving, do not turn back and look. Because if you could turn back and you look, you'll get sucked into what you see. So he said, okay. Um, and they left in the middle of the night. And as they were leaving, his wife turned around and looked because she had a soft spot for them. Yeah. You cannot have soft spot for, for sin. You can't. Once something is completely set, finishes over. I'm talking about that level where it's destruction. There is no such thing as, oh, maybe there's some leeway. There's no leeway. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's like someone, two brothers, you know, they see uh, the one who killed their father and mother, butchered them to death. Allah billahi sees them there. Imagine how the natural inclination would be, and the other one says, oh, let him go. Man, you know, maybe you just had a bad day. How would you say that? Just let your killer of your parents just walk away like that? Where is your ghayrah? Where is your love? You, you, cannot be, you cannot be the son of these parents, if, if you could say it like that. So the one who loves Allah and His Rasul cannot watch people openly committing sins and, and you know, look the other way and say, ah, it's okay. Let me, you know, they probably have some excuse or whatnot. You have the ghayrah inside. You have the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inside. So as soon as she looked around back, that was it. She became from amongst them. She had to try to assist them by telling them where the, the guests were, and then she turned around. Allah says, Indeed, whatever is going to afflict them will afflict her. So being a wife of the Prophet did not help her. Being a wife of a Prophet means she lives with the Prophet. She, you know, she's always with the Prophet. Yet being so bodily, so close to the Prophet did not save her from the horrible punishment that came upon the nation of Lutz. So when people say, I'm nobody but my father was someone, my grandfather was someone, bade sheikh te, bade baba te, you know, sajada nasheen te, fulan te, wote. Doesn't work. None of that stuff works. We, what have you done? This is what we're going to be asked. Man batta abhi amaluhu lam yusri nasabu. The Prophet said, whose ever actions slow him down, his lineage will not push him forward. Whose ever actions slow him down, his lineage will not push him forward. Lineage is not going to work. We have to show amal. That's what we have to show to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is... Um, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions how they were destroyed. Now, um, Allah says, A loud scream and a shriek, like you know, uh, how they, they use today weapons through uh, sound, right? To harm, uh, you know, to, 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 to what you call, uh, to put down the enemy. So this was at a whole different level. The entire world, you know, shook up in a shriek. Mushrikeen in the morning time. Subah subah ke wakht. Unke kaam ulte the, to Allah ne bhi unko ulta kar diya. Their whole system was upside down. They took right into made into wrong, made wrong into right. They fulfilled desires in a completely 180 degree wrong manner. Allah says, وَجَعَلْنَا عَلِيَهَا سَعَفِلَهَا We sent Jibreel with one wing. He lifted up the entire nation, the villages of Sadum. And it comes in books that the angels in the sky could hear the screaming, not only of the people, but of the roosters and the chickens. Because morning time. So as the entire village, he just picked it up from one teeny tip of one of his 600 wings and took it up. That the sound of the chickens and roosters could be heard in the sky. And he flipped it. The whole thing came down. So the sayha came, a shriek came, and then they flipped it down. And then Allah says, وَأَمْتَرْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ حَيْجَارَةً مِنْ سِجِّيلٍ مَنْضُودٍ مُسَوَّمَةً عِنْدَ رَبِّكَ Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent down a rain. Not a rain like the normal rain. A rain of clay, rocks. And each one had the name of every single person who was there. Right? Precision bombs. Precision guided bombs. From Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For each and every single person. So the way, the multiple layers, the way Lut alayhi nation got punished, no other nation got punished like that. Other nations got punished with one or the one, a flood came, earthquake came, uh, a shriek, a yell came, shriek, a sound came. But Lut Salam's nation got so many different types of punishments. And possibly because beyond the shirk, something which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hated a lot was the indecency that they did. Fuhsh. 
That is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yani in the eyes of Allah, this is one of the worst things after shirk a person can do, is to be indecent. Notice the prophets, the prophet Lut and prophet Nuh and other prophets as well, they had relatives who were not Muslims. But you will not find prophets whose wives or relatives, yani wives basically, were zaniyas, or you know, uh, f- uh, loose women. There's no, there's, no, there's no mention of that. There's mention of them being disobedient. There's mention of them maybe being, you know, being mushrik. But fuhsh and lewdness is something which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not accept, does not want a prophet to get dirtied with yani in his home. That is the status of, of purity and cleanliness uh, of, uh, um, uh, and remaining chaste in our deen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then mentions, إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتٍ لِلْمُتَوَسِّمِينَ إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَةً لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ Look at how the end result of the sinners was. Look, indeed, there are major signs for those who believe. Indeed, there are major signs for those who are seeking and searching for answers. What does that mean? That the stories of the Qur'an are not mere stories. We're supposed to read them. How many places I said? Approximately 10 places. We're supposed to read them and reflect them and apply them to our own lives. And to think that if we don't have iman, or if we are usurping people's wealth, or we are committing acts of lewdness, then the adab of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is waiting just like it has uh, came to the people prior to us. Um, so now let us, after having gone pretty much through the story, let's go through the verses that are mentioned over here. Allah Azza wa says, Walutan, and moreover, mention how Allah delivered Lut. Moreover, mention how Allah saved Lut Behold, he said to his people, Do the men amongst you openly commit such abominable lewdness with each other? Even while you look upon one another. Even will you look upon one another? Alright, so I explained that already multiple times. That's one of the meanings. Because it's much worse. When a person is involved in sin, and they say, That when, if you've been tested through sin, then at least go do it in the hiding. Don't do it openly. A person has to use the bathroom. Yeah, go, you go do it in a quiet place. You don't do it openly. A person has been tested by sin, and he's fallen for it. Then don't speak about it. Don't do it openly. Nabi spoke about how Allah dislikes the mujahir. Mujahir. And how Allah SWT doesn't forgive the mujahir. And the mujahir, who are the mujahir? Are the ones who committed sins at night. And bata yasturuhu rabbuhu. He spent the entire night while Allah had covered up his faults. But in the morning, he himself is the one who comes and unveils his faults for the world to see. And that is what you're seeing today. Right? And I have to add here, that there are certain yani, songs, uh, and, and not just videos, but songs, that just push the limits you really you really really think how true the words of rasulullah are when he said ahadan i have never seen anyone more forbearing than allah min allah se zyada hilm wala nahi dekha you 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 stand up in front of allah and openly commit this level of sin and put it on Instagram, put it on YouTube, put it everywhere else. Millions and millions of people watching and absolutely no sense of, of, of shame from Allah. The audacity that people have today. And why is Allah not completely destroying them at the same time? This is Allah's halm. Allah's forbearing. Right? That's what's written on the top of this dome too. In kana haliwan ghafura. Indeed Allah is all... Uh, it says, Indeed Allah is holding up the heavens and the earth and he's holding up this 5,000 pound uh, chandelier too right above you brothers <laughs> right he's the one who's holding up the dome and the chandelier he's holding up the heavens and the earth and then Allah says if they were to let, been let go if they were to move who besides Allah can keep them who besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would be able to sustain them who besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would be able to keep them in place? Indeed, Allah Jalla Jalaluhu is most forgiving and most forbearing. Okay? This is something. Uh, you see what I'm trying to say? Why is Allah keeping the place up? Why is Allah keeping this heavens and the earth up? Because He's forbearing. Otherwise, if you were to treat us based on how we ought to be treated, He would have completely wiped us out a long time ago. So recently, there was a, 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 you know, a soundtrack of music. A song that was downloaded in the past month broke the records. 
broke the records of any song that's ever been downloaded. Ever. Ever. You know, 90 million or 100 million within you know, a couple of weeks or a week or so. And unfortunately, the, the Muslim youth who were sitting here, of course, they know what I'm speaking about. Uh, it took over, you know, it became the most common thing. But my dear brothers, I was going to share with my teachers and staff here about like, you know, some of the articles I've written about it. But literally out of Haya, I didn't share it because, these, because the article speaks about the lyrics too. And it's just, can't believe there's stuff, you know, like that, that has what? Hit the world like a, like a California wildfire. The most downloaded song in the history. And the words are just unbelievable. And by who? By women. Women speaking about women. Right? This type of sin has become common. What we don't realize is that it's the these filth, filth is not coming only through the eyes, it's coming through the ears as well. Whatever we see, it affects our mind. Whatever we hear, these are the closest ways to our heart, our eyes and our ears. And this is a double-pronged approach of shaitan and iblis right now. To hit the ears and hit the eyes. What are the trashy stuff people are listening at the stoplight with their body shaking, listening to their car? If you ever for one second hear it, have to hear it. He's like, what? My God, you pay me $100, I can't listen to this. Right? What in the world are you listening to? But ye zamanagana. Okay, the most filthy things has become enjoyable. Well, same person you tell him, but listen to the Quran. I'm not talking about non Muslims. Talk about Muslim kids. Every single night they're going to bed listening to this. They're walking around their home with their ear pads. What ear, what's this called? AirPods, right? Which are, I find to be very uncomfortable, but people find it to be very comfortable. They're listening to that. What are they listening to? And you wonder, oh, my son is acting a bit weird now. My sister is acting a bit weird. Yes, because they're there only by their body. Their mind is a completely different world. Their mind is what they listen to and what they watch. And you don't know what that is. Because we don't see what they're watching. We don't know what they're listening to. Continuous mind is being completely brainwashed into something completely evil. By all the sin and, and the horrible things that they're listening to. So we have to put the, you know, we have to put the guard down, man. We really have, we have to put the guard up rather and we have to make sure at home we are watching what everyone's involved in and, and not just cracking down all of a sudden say, let me take a hammer and go break stuff at home right now. No, that doesn't work, obviously, right? You'll have to pay the bill by another one, then what? We have to speak about this, bring, bring about uh, honest discussions about, about the evil out there, warning the people about the evil out there and the, how it harmful, it's not just it's haram, how it ruins your mind, how psychologically you will not be the same person anymore, how it will affect your marriage down the line if you ever happen to get married. All sorts of problems, how it will affect your relationship with your spouse, with your kids, all these things. It's a mess, it's destroying the fabric of our society and I'm talking about Muslims. All right, primarily number one, non-Muslims, so hey, but I'm talking about the Muslims. So music, is a very, very, very big issue right now. It makes them into a, a, an iblis. Iblis, you know, it's one of the one of the big tools of iblis is definitely uh, music, and that is of course a topic for another day. But I wanted to just talk about. I want you to know that this is what's being downloaded today, and this is what's happening. Allah subhanahu wa taala says, Do you approach men in lust instead of women? Indeed, you are a people who are shamefully ignorant of Allah's commands. Now you're gonna say, what does it mean to be ignorant? Abhi to that you know these people, they jaan buchke they know about it. Tupsirun, you know about it. Then now it says ignorant. Ignorant means if you're not practicing what you know, you're ignorant, and that's what jahala is. It's not to say I know, I know. No, that doesn't count. If we don't practice on what we know is right, that's ignorance. That's why they say it's easier to teach an ummi than a jahil. Ummi is an unlettered person. He doesn't know anything. It's easier to teach someone who's got a clean mind. But to teach a jahil is, is, is an ignorant person is hard. Because an ignorant person is someone who just doesn't know what's right, he knows wrong. His whole understanding of right and wrong is messed up. So you have to go clean the mind out and scrape out all the wrong stuff first. Okay, that's the difference between jahil and ummi. Unlettered person and a jahil. Jahil, you have to take out all the filth from the mind, the batil from the mind, and then put the haq back in. Which is much harder than teaching someone who's a clean slate. What did the people say? Yet the response of his people was only to say to each other, Expel the family of Lut from your town. Take them out. For they are people who seek to keep themselves pure from our ways. Subhanallah. They want to keep pure from our ways to so take them out. We want, why? Remember that, brothers. Batil and falsehood, dirt, filth, isn't happy to remain filthy and dirty themselves. They want to make the whole environment filthy. And anyone who does not bow down to that filth, they're not welcome. They want to, you to do these type of things. It's not sufficient to say, you drink, I don't want to drink. 
You dress in, inappropriately, I don't want to. No, no, no. You need to dress like me. You need to drink like me. You need to do all these things like me. Same, same. Purani This is the same habit of the people of Batil. They're saying that, no, you want to act all pure and clean. You don't want to be like this. Please go. We can't accept that someone who's not doing the sin that we're involved in. Thus we um, saved, delivered him and his family from doom. Except for his faithless wife. We, we judged her to be amongst those who would linger behind and be with this group of people. Thus we rained down upon them a devastating rain of marked stones, as I said with their names on it. And how evil was the rain of those who were forewarned to no avail. They were already given enough warning, but they didn't take heed. So what a horrible way they ended. May we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to take heed from these verses that we cover today and grant us the ability to remain uh, a community that is pure and clean from all of this filth. Allow our children and our generations to be pure and clean from this filth. Allow us, allow us and our children and our generations to see right as right and wrong as wrong as explained to us by Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bring an end to the moral decay in our communities. May Allah bring an end to this, this most common sin that is taking place within the homes. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability, the know-how and the knowledge to be able to put a lock on these things at our houses so that our children and grandchildren and our generations are saved from this assault of Iblis. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, subhanakallahum wa bihamdihi, nashadu wa la ilaha illa adhina astaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk.